there's there are some rules to movement like we have mechanics we have engineering to our bodies mm -hmm. and as long as we fall in line with those mechanics things work hunky-dory but if you violate the mechanics things go south relatively quickly Howdy, everybody, and welcome to episode 209 of the SupersetYourLife.com podcast, your weekly workout motivation to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym. Ethan Hammond is with us today. He is a mobility coach, a CrossFit coach, and an athletic injury rehab specialist. Ethan takes a holistic approach to rehab, focusing on improving the athlete's performance in addition to becoming pain-free. His objective is to return broken athletes back to their sport stronger than before their injury. Proverbs 16.32 teaches patience is better than power and controlling one's temper than capturing a city. And if you've been subscribed to our show on 208, obviously we talk all about patience and how I need to work on that. So I wish that I had known this principle like 17 injuries ago and knowing Ethan around that time probably would have been a good idea too. Because <laughs> from, uh, from the brief interactions that Ethan and I have had, he not only knows his stuff, but he is a genuine, authentic dude that never seems to be in a rush and knows how to pace himself. I'm thrilled to learn some things from Coach Ethan and to share the knowledge with you. Ethan, welcome to the SupersetYourLife.com podcast, my man. Hey there. Thank you for having me. Tell our listeners who you are, mate. Yeah, so I'm Ethan Hammond. I work as a mobility coach. So I work as a personal trainer and like group class instructor with CrossFit as well. So that's kind of the big thing that I do for social outreach is actually training people for athletics. But then I find people who have like old chronic injuries, things that are inhibiting them from being the best athlete that they can be, whether that was like a torn ACL that they had 15, 20 years ago, and it was never quite right. Or if they just recently had a muscle strain something or some such like that, uh, recovering from surgery, meniscus surgery, lower back surgery, things like that. So I'll find those individuals and rehab them to get them basically into my classes. Wow. I love it. Um, so you may not know this, but I'm a little guy football coach. So uh, American football, not to be confused with soccer, <laughs> as we call it. So we teach the players that if you're injured, tell us. And if you're hurt, you can still play. So what's your perspective on being hurt versus being injured? What's the difference? So that's something that people have to learn. It needs to be intuitive. What I tell people is, Okay, you, you've observed that your body is in pain while you're exercising. One, that's not normal. Pain is your body's way of saying, hey, something's wrong. Something needs to change. Mm -hmm. So what I'll tell people is, do you feel as though if you keep going, you're going to make this worse? If, these, if the answer is yes, discontinue or make your best judgment. Maybe like if it's an important sports game, maybe it'll be appropriate for you to make the call of you need to suck it up. Tell your body to shut up and keep going, but you will have to re uh, reap the, you know, consequences of that afterwards. But if you feel like, you know, it's just a little uh, niggle, it's just a little bit of discomfort. If I keep going, it's not getting any worse. Or a case of once you're really moving, you really have the adrenaline going. You don't really feel anything at all. Your movement, your range of motion is not restricted. Maybe go for it, but ultimately it needs to be a little bit of a gut check. Can you actually be honest to yourself and say, hey, I'm not going to get hurt if I continue doing this? Or, yeah, I'm going to injure something if this keeps happening. Make that distinction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what you were saying about pain, that being an indicator, um, inflammation, 
So that's something we talked about on episode 207 uh, last week with Coach Bronson. And he describes inflammation as it's, it's, it's a good thing. Your body needs inflammation. Your body needs pain. Um, but the inflammation is your body's way of telling you that something bad happened and now we're fixing it. And mm. so that something bad that happened may have been just a really hard workout. It may be exercise. And so you, there's something to be gained and, some, and something to also be lost from it. But um, I'm seeing some parallels here. So I love it. What's the what's the most in, most serious injury that you have personally experienced? That I've personally experienced. Um, oh, boy. Um not one single one, but I have had a collection of neck injuries. So I played American football in my teens and had several stingers. So that kind of messed up my sh um, my shoulders and my neck. And then when I had got, so check this out, when I had gotten started with CrossFit, had horrible coaching to begin with, and which a lot of people listening to this, if they've ever tried CrossFit, there's going to be a lot of people who resonate with hearing about horrible coaching in it. CrossFit's amazing if you have a good quality coach and it makes so much difference. But basically when I was learning how to do I, 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 would, I would just personally be very nervous to, to do CrossFit myself. Most, most of our, most of our listeners are bodybuilders and bodybuilders and CrossFitters kind of historically don't really get along sometimes. I can see that very much. So it's a very dangerous sport. Yeah. In CrossFit, we don't really do a lot of time under tension. Mm -hmm. Whereas in bodybuilding, there's a big principle of that's like, that's like, most, that's like most of my workout, every workout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, same with me, to be honest with the strength training that I do, but mm -hmm. yeah. So I was taught that I did not have the strength to do a strict handstand press up. So we're going to teach you how to do it kipping. So using momentum to accomplish the work and it's okay to bounce your head off the cushion. So is, is, is kipping like a, is it like, is that like a, a style of ball, uh, ballistic training? Yeah, kind of. So kipping generically just means using momentum to help you accomplish a task. So okay. you'll see a lot of um, memes making fun of CrossFitters doing pull-ups because they will swing their hips to allow them to get their chin over the bar. I think I've made a couple of those memes. Yeah, quite possibly. I'm just kidding, dude. I totally, um, I totally am not. <laughs> um, and it makes sense if you're coming from like a strength or a muscle building background. But sure. um, like in gymnastics, they do have a lot of strict strength, but they also swing around the bars. They create momentum to move around. And there's a, there's a purpose in that. But anyways, yeah, so imagine if I go, if I kick up onto a wall, mm -hmm. I lower my head down to a mat, and I let my knees drop down to basically to my armpits. So I'm basically in an upside down squat. And then oh, I wow. can kick aggressively my legs up to the ceiling, explode my hips up like I'm doing a vertical jump. And that momentum will help me to take my body up, so it's not just strict shoulder strength. Okay, and then okay. you go. Do you go like slower on the way down, like as strict as you can? Uh, you can do, and do almost like a negative, or if you have the rhythm and the coordination for it, you can cycle through reps. I was taught, you know, at the time I didn't have the strength to do strict in either direction, so I was taught to bounce off of it. So I'm literally bouncing off my head when I've already had several neck and shoulder injuries. And that left me, that one session left me with my C4 vertebra twisted out of place. Oh. And that left me with, I still have issues from it to this day. This was 2015 or 2014 when that happened. Yeah. And so there's been a ton of rehab going on around that. Things are better than ever, but had a lot of whiplash. Things were very crunchy back there. I couldn't work out for very long because I would just get horrible headaches that would last for a couple of weeks at a time. Yeah. That was pretty miserable. 
What's the but things are held a lot better now. What's the most serious injury that you've seen and treated as a coach? Um, probably any number of lower back problems, either people throwing out their lower back on deadlifts and such, or I've got one client who has, it seems to be a congenital problem. She was born with it, but like her L5, L6, S1 vertebra seem to be fusing together. So they don't move around a whole lot. And so when your vertebra can't move around and then you try to make it move around, whether that's under tension or you're just doing something like, um, are you familiar with the movement toes to bar? I'm not. Like you're hanging off a pull-up bar and you literally swing your legs to touch your toes to the bar. So it's literally. No, I, I do. I, I, I do hanging leg raises. I think that's the okay. kind of the closest thing that I can think of to that. Yeah, probably. Um, and doing something where you're creating a lot of curve in your spine, almost like whipping it through. Things like that create massive amount of pain and swelling. So I've had a few people with conditions similar to that, where it's like they try to do a workout, they try to do Olympic weightlifting, or they try to do gymnastics, they try to do CrossFit, and it's just really demoralizing that they can't. They can go through maybe a session and feel fine, but the next day they feel absolutely broken for either several days or a few weeks or even a few months. Wow. Um, I feel like we're, I feel like we're diagnosing me so far because we're talking about neck injuries, back injuries, and that's kind of what I've dealt with my entire life. Ever since I, yeah, ever since I stopped um, the the main three, to be completely honest, I've felt a lot Mm -hmm. better and come a long way with, with, with my back. And so since I stopped squatting, stopped deadlifting, stopped bench pressing, I found other ways to hit all those same muscle groups, mainly with, with, um, usually, usually with more isolation type work, Mm -hmm. um, negatives, time under tension, you know, all the stuff that we've, um, kind of been describing up to this point. So um, behind the neck presses, is that something that's popular in in CrossFit? That exercise jacked up my neck last year. And it also was responsible for, um, sadly, sadly enough, actually, uh, two of our athletes having some rotator cuff issues. And so, so since then, I've taken it, I've taken it out of all of our clients plans. And whenever I do them, I did them today, actually. I just I do one set and it's at the very end of my workout and it's 90 pounds. Mm. I, don't, I just I just use I just use that same 90 pound bar for as many reps as I can. I don't even focus on progressive overload as far as trying to add more weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to add weight going overhead can sometimes be a problem. So with a lot of my clients with the strength training and the muscle building that we do for rehab, working on developing the overhead press is like mm-hmm. the slowest progressing thing for everybody across the board. But going behind the head, we'll touch on that when it comes to Olympic lifting. So doing a movement like a snatch balance where you jump up and you land down in a squat with the bar over your head, things like that. It's not commonly done. And there are a lot of people who develop either neck or shoulder and armpit pain, which will be Mm -hmm. connected to the rotator cuff. So people always, almost always indicate like the front of their deltoid. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes they'll talk about things like in the back of their armpit. So this is your rotator cuff or most of it, the back of the armpit, literally okay. all the muscles there. You got one main one called the subscap or the subscapularis. That comes all the way underneath your armpit and attaches right next to where your pec attaches to. Wow, so this, okay. Yeah, this muscle creates rotation in this way. If yeah, you do something- so that's why the, that's why, that's why the rotator cuff rehab, rehab specialists are having you go like this. Yeah, there, there's a lot of cookie cutter drills that involve that. Um, For sure. I have people massage the ever-living hell out of their armpits. 
like we we get up in there a lot for both like pain management we'll do a lot of lymph work um up around the armpit and um so whenever people kind of indicate like that we always one look at their lifestyle because mm -hmm. more often than not they spend their day here slouched over and so right. when i get to here now my shoulder blades in the back are slightly splaying out now my rotator cuff is chronically in a shortened position so oh. as I, yeah so as i go through this my shoulder blades will splay out across my rib cage a bit okay so do you the rotator cuff so do you teach in your practice to spend like a decent amount of time throughout your day with your shoulders retracted with your chest and kind of like oh, dude, it, it needs to be all the time. Like I tell all guys the time, all the time, walk around like you're on the beach. <laughs> like literally throw your chest up a little bit. Don't be like stupid with it. <laughs> it needs to be a case of like ears over shoulders, over hips, over ankles. And that needs to be daily life. If you slouch or if you're too far over, which no one really does that unless maybe they're on the beach. But when you slouch, your shoulder blades splay out. All the muscles that connect your shoulder blade to your shoulder, to your humerus, which is your rotator cuff, all of those are now in a shortened position. So if you're staying in that position, let's say you have a desk job, and are you spending eight hours a day like that? And then you go home to spend time on your computer, and are you spending the rest of the night still slouched over? Your muscles adapt. Whatever position you hold your muscles in, they are adapting to that. All the time your body never stops adapting so if i'm chronically holding myself in that position those muscles are getting quite stiff quite tight so if we look at that subscap and the other tissues as well but this comes all the way up to the front of my shoulder if i do something like come up overhead i'm now trying to stretch out that muscle that's horribly stiff horribly weak horribly tight it can't move that well so you'll typically find there's a lot of pain that develops in front of the shoulder and that's just that getting pulled on it has nothing to do with the shoulder it's mm -hmm. everything to do with back here we also find as well that people like that, I'll ask them to pull their shoulder blades together in the back. There's no tension in their traps. They can usually get a lot of tension in their upper traps because not only are they slouching forward, they also kind of slouch up. We'll talk about this as being like the position of stress, like almost like you're going fetal and you kind of cover up your neck like so, and people sure. live like that. So uh, one, things are in a horrible position. Your skeleton's not in a good position. Your muscles are adapting to a really foul position. So if I do something like a behind the head press, now I'm trying to achieve a lot of tension and strength and power while all of this stuff is really short. It's trying to stretch out to its peak. And, and, you're, muscles make, and you're making your muscles do something they're just not used to doing in a position they're not used to yeah, doing. That's that, let, Let's just be honest, it's completely unnatural. Like when, primarily hmm. speaking, did our ancestors ever have to push a, a, a large amount of weight behind their head? Never. But at the same unless, time, unless they wanted big, bigger side deltoids, but they probably didn't. Okay. Know what <laughs> Who doesn't want bigger delts? <laughs> but at the same time, human beings are meant to move. We're built to move. Yeah. We literally wither away and die if we don't move enough. We atrophy. We get really uh, tiny. We get overweight sometimes. Yes. But we need to move. Movement is not inherently bad. And I don't believe there's there are some rules to movement. Like we have mechanics, we have engineering to our bodies. Mm -hmm. And as long as we fall in line with those mechanics, things work hunky dory. But if you violate the mechanics, things go south relatively quickly. For some people that can be a few days, some people it can be a few decades. It just depends. People have different tolerances for crap and crap sure. movement and crap food. But yeah, you need to set things to a better position, like getting that 
their shoulders back and down. Um, that's probably the most popular cue I use for like any exercise. Doesn't even matter what it is, really. I set, you know, set good posture, set your spine into a good position, and then that, lift the round. I, I mean, I mean, that's that that, that chest position that, that you have. And for our audio only listeners, it's it's just a retracted scapula with your with your chest a little bit higher, right? I mean, that's pretty. Yeah. It's not really it's not really rocket science, but most of our day, to your point, as human beings, uh, we, we've we, we, we've adapted as a species to where we are now to where most of our time is hunched over. I mean, even mm-hmm. me as, as, a, as a full-time health coach, it's like, I'm, I'm in my office, I'm in my gym, I'm eating my meals. I'm walking on my treadmill on social media. Um, it's, it's not even cardio. Like I'm just in the, I'm, I'm just walking because I'm in the office too much, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but Fair still much. like all, 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 all those positions, I know for sure are not doing me any fa- are not doing me any good because when I'm on my mm-hmm. iPhone, when I'm doing social media, you're, you're hunched over. Like, how can you not be really? And then same thing when you're in the office. And so I've been trying to make it a habit of like, when I'm outside doing phone calls, I'm exaggerating it. Right. So like all my client mm-hmm. check-ins, I've got my camera up higher. So I'm like looking up at my camera. I don't know. I think I look better from that angle too. Like who wants to look down and like see all my, you know, bottom of my, my freaking hair on my <laughs> neck and everything. <laughs> um, and so, uh, I, I, and, and, and reading too, like, um, if, if I'm, if I'm, if, oh, I'm right. if I'm reading a book, I try, I try it to be like hunched over sitting down on the couch, right? Like I'm either going for a walk and the book is up here or I'm sitting, or I'm sitting in a bathtub and like my book is up here or something to where, um, I, I, I know that it's just something I'm always aware of. I don't know if that's a good practice or if you have any other tips. No, that, that's an amazing practice. And you know what, one of my biggest pet peeves, I absolutely hate it when people do this because so many people do read books or they look on the phones like this. Right. You know, there's keeping that um, hunchback is what they're creating there. Yep. Um, when when someone wants me to look at something on their phone and they basically take it down to my belly. Yeah. And you're essentially trying to force me to have to get into that position. And I'm like, sometimes I'll literally grab their wrist and take it up to face height. So I'm looking at it in a normal position here. <laughs> like, why, are you, why are you trying to make me crane? I've made myself. This is, this is, I think, a really important practice that people should uphold. For a lot of people, if you if you live your life there, when we actually get you here and we try to get you to hold it for more than five seconds, it's going to be uncomfortable. It may even be painful for some people. Huh. Just because it's painful or uncomfortable, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It means your body is requesting change. Something is changing in your body. It may be good. It may be bad. Like stress, we have distress and we have eustress, bad stress and good stress. Exercise is not bad. But it does provide stress and it provides a stimulus for your body so that you can grow and develop from it. Um, and position can be the same thing. So I'm at a point where if I do slouch a lot, I become really, really aware of it. My chest gets really uncomfortable, like right around my collarbones. It starts to get not painful, but it's very discomfortable within you know several seconds or a minute. I don't like doing that. Mm-hmm. So it's a very quick, um, almost like a not not a tactile sensation, but almost like a tactile cue of, I feel that discomfort, shoot your shoulders back. Yeah. And once and that's that, that people can practice, let's like that healthier, once that healthier posture becomes a, uh, becomes a habit, it just be, it, it becomes a lead domino at that point too, because mm-hmm. then from there your breathing improves, um, your confidence yeah. actually improves too. I can't, mm-hmm. cite, I can't cite the exact study. I'd have to go digging forever for it. But, um, but, but, I, but I actually, re- but, but I found this out a year ago. There's, when you when when you flex in front of a mirror, I mean, I'm not even talking bodybuilding or like progress pictures or anything. I'm just talking 
an 18 year old that's like just like going through puberty and like and like figuring out how to flex in front of the mirror like when you when you flex in front of a mirror and you like what you see like that actually increases your testosterone it increases yeah. your serotonin it increases your growth growth hormone very acutely obviously but still it's uh, i mean every everything everything adds up um if if your breathing is under your is under control your hormones are under control but if you're living your but if you're living your entire day um being hunched over and contributing to personally i feel like i'm i'm in i'm in more of a sympathetic state throughout the entire day like a fight like a fight or flight state the more mm -hmm. that i'm hunched over the more that i'm working and so i need these breaks and i need and i need the opportunity to get my body out of the office or whatever kind of the way that you're describing yeah i think i saw the same research about a year ago i posted a study like that may have been the same one on my social media probably sometime last year maybe it was from you um, <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> But yeah, like if you have good posture, that does elevate uh, your testosterone levels. Yeah. And especially if you like what you see and it's not something that makes you depressed, but something that makes you happy, something that makes you feel proud. Yeah. Uh, that will definitely have a positive influence on your biochemistry. Yep. My, 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 my body, mind, body and soul all connected, right? Mm. So what For is sure. what does your diet look like and how does that help you or not help you with with dealing with injuries uh so in the last i think three months now i've gotten really um carnivore um i'm not strict i'm not what people often call lion diet um mm -hmm. so like there i do primarily have beef that's the main staple um but i will have yogurt i will have I have lots of butter to make up for the fact that so much fat is trimmed off of the meat if I had more fatty steaks, I probably wouldn't have butter. I have butter to compensate for the lack of fat. But cheese, I seem to be fine with, which is funny because I don't, I've never really liked cheese too much in my past. But in the last several months since I've started increasing animal products, I really, really like cheese now. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I can't get enough of it. I think it's, I think cheese is one of those things where, where like if, if, if you're, if you're on a carnivore diet, cheese is kind of like the last thing that I typically see, see issues with. Um, mm. If so, if somebody's diet is kind of all over the place, taking cheese out is kind of one of the easiest things to start with because it's hyper palatable and, they're, and, they're, and it's, it's, it's dense. So it's one of those foods where it's easy to overconsume. but if mm. it's just, but, but if you're having like a reasonable amount every single day, I've never seen it backfire. Mm. It's interesting. But yeah, other than that, I do, I do quite enjoy cured meats as well. So I have plenty of salami, uh, like boar salami, venison, etc. things like that. I just do my best to find ones that don't have a ton of sugar in them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You guys, you guys have cured venison? Yeah, it's a, um, huh. comes out every so often. So we have I've a never heard here. of such a thing. Yeah. Um, so it'll typically be mixed. So I think the one I get is actually a pork venison mix. It's wow. pork. And some venison is so so good. And, and what part come of in like these half kilo strips? Seriously, like this big. I'll get like four meals yeah. out of it. <laughs> and uh, and you 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 live in the UK. What part of the UK? Yeah. I guess not 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 like it matters to me. But <laughs> uh, I'm in the far south in Southampton. Okay. So this literally like smack dab in the middle just, at the very bottom. This is just something you guys have in your. Um, this is just something you guys have in your supermarkets, huh? Uh, some of them. You have to know where to look, but yeah, we do have it. Wow, that's legit. Um, yeah, have, you, have, have you have you noticed uh, just like your overall body inflammation to be lower, higher, being being animal based? Since you, you, so you you haven't been animal based for super long, but you've 
certainly been there long mm -hmm. enough to be able to see some of the benefits. So what 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 have, yeah, what have, so what have you noticed? I, How has this improved or 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 changed your your practice? So the biggest thing has honestly not been so much about how I feel, but more about my satiety huh. and that I don't feel hungry all the time. Sometimes yeah. I'll literally eat, I'll eat until I'm pleasantly full. And then I won't eat again until I'm hungry again. And if it's convenient around my workout schedule, but that can, that's sometimes just eight hours. Other times it's 48 hours. Like fasting is piss easy now. Oh yeah, going yeah, through trying to trying to fast if you're trying to fast if you're not on a meat based diet is miserable. I've never been able to it do is. it, but 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 once you get on a meat based diet, you just fast by accident. Because <laughs> mm. so like because it's natural eating like a lion, right? Lions don't meal prep and pack Tupperware everywhere. Lions yeah. eat a giant meal, they eat the entire animal, and they're done for a day or two. <laughs> yeah, you know, I saw, I saw a funny meme about uh, meal prepping, which was they had a bunch of Tupperwares. And they just had a bunch of dollar bills in them. And they were like, this is for Popeyes. This is for Burger King, etc." Uh, that's, that's meal prepping, all right? That, that is hilarious. But yeah, um, in terms of uh, how I feel, this is interesting. Those are, those are two like, places you can hit your macros and you can actually probably do halfway decent on your goals too. If you're traveling on, uh, yeah. you're on carnivore. Okay, sorry. Just had to throw out that. <laughs> I don't know. It's Popeyes might be a struggle. <laughs> you could you could do yeah. a, you could do a halfway decent job at Burger King. You're better off. With I mean, we actually have a Popeyes opening in like a few cities away from here, which I think will be the first Popeyes in the UK. And I'm oh, honestly yeah. going to say screw it to my diet. I will go visit them and I will have an American biscuit. <laughs> yeah, for dude, the first time in like five or six years, <laughs> and it's going to be grand. I'm going to hate myself <laughs> afterwards. Um, no, I don't I don't hate myself for what I eat. Um, no, the biggest thing has been that when I do consume sugar again. Mm -hmm. So like for my birthday, I did have some cookies and other stuff. I had alcohol and you feel like shit the next day. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes very apparent because you build up a tolerance to sugar and alcohol and things like that. And when you cut it out and you suddenly jump back on that, you feel the difference. Yep. And it's like, I can choose to maintain a tolerance for that. And I can be fun for other people and eat the same things that they do. I'm not going to perform as well. Or I can be performing and eating at the best of my abilities, you know, staying carnivore, staying meat-based, not eating a lot of grains and pasta and shit, um, and feel amazing, and avoid all the crappy hangovers, including like sugar hangovers. Hey everyone, Coach Taylor Milton here. Welcome to Skull Bells TV, the official YouTube channel of supersetyourlife.com where you're going to discover a weekly upload of quick and easy to follow workout tutorials featuring Coach Colt, myself, or one of our athletes to keep your workouts fun, practical, and effective. Our family's latest keto carnivore recipes that fuel Colt's competitions and keep myself and our kiddos strong and healthy. Video uploads of the supersetyourlife.com podcast, now over 100 episodes your weekly dose of entertainment, education, and inspiration to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym and much more. Last thing before we get into the video, we're asking a big favor from you. This has been working beautifully. So if you would please think of someone you care about that would benefit from this video, go ahead and smash that like button, click the share button and text this video to them. That would mean the world to us. And while you're at it, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss more exciting content from School Bells TV because our team has lots of meat and lots of muscle coming your way and I promise you won't wanna miss it. When you hit the subscribe button, 
you'll see a bell icon pop up. You want to click that too so you're notified every time we release a new video. Thank you so much for the support. It means the world to us. Every like, share, and subscription helps our channel grow and supports our family's hard work. So thank you so much for doing your part too. That's all we ask. God bless you and please enjoy this video. Yep. Yeah, whenever whenever I have whenever I have something that's it's been a long time to be to be completely honest, but when, but when whenever whenever I have had I've had a day where I have carbs in or uh or even like last Christmas. Like last last Christmas I is going to be a different strategy than my strategy this Christmas. This Christmas and all the holidays that I've had ever since then, it's just been like maybe a little bit of a keto snack or a treat or something, but mm -hmm. I don't know, like the 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 treat at these big events, I think, should just be like a really good ribeye or a really good piece of meat. Because if after been meat based for so long, you, you just that's it's kind of just what you want. You don't want the sugary stuff anymore. And then mm -hmm. when you eat it, you like that, that then you remember why you regret it. You wake up the next morning and you're inflamed and you gain five pounds on the scale. You're retaining all this water. You're like, no, <laughs> it's going to take a day or two to start feeling normal again. That has been something really cool. So like I've been transitioning slowly through. Like I was doing pretty much a keto diet for the last year and a half, almost two years, where I was mostly just my focus is on getting around 150 to 200 grams of protein, uh, getting in plenty of fat along with that. And then on top of that was fair game, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, I lost my train of thought there. Point is that it's, it's been a, a transition into carnivore over right. the last two years. And it's only been in the last three months where it's really kicked off like I pretty much only eat meat it's been a rare occasion of having which is really just my birthday um of having anything else and going through that transition a big thing i've noticed is like my cravings i love chocolate i don't really care if i don't have it again yeah like there's a big lack of incentive to have any it's like i can remember having it I enjoy it. I think it's absolutely delicious. I have no desire for it, and I just I find think, that really fascinating. I, I, I think if I think if I think if somebody, correct me, I don't know. Maybe share what your perspective is on this. But but I I believe if somebody's quality of life is going to be significantly lower because they know they can never have chocolate again, I think you need to reassess your priorities and what's most important in life. Yeah, that, definitely. That, that, that's that that should not that should not be a big deal. We we like, we, we we eat to live. We don't live to eat. Yeah, exactly. Like people who will, on the rare occasion that someone actually talks to me about the carnivore, I find social. It's weird socially. People find it very strange when you eat carnivore, and it's people. I, f I find in my personal experience, people don't ask why you're doing it. People and I think it's me. and I think it's more acceptable over here than it is over there, mate. Maybe. Um, I forgot what, where I was going, but with but, that. I, but I still I still feel kind of the same way though. The, the cool the cool thing is to be vegetarian. That's the that's that's the moral thing to do. But most people don't realize that uh, vegans actually do more damage to animals than car than carnivores. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like that's I figure that's I a different eat... conversation for another day. We could record a whole <laughs> podcast on that. Yeah, seriously. Like I eat about five kilos of beef a week, mm -hmm. approximately. Mm -hmm. That adds up to, I forget the math, something like 250 kilos of meat a year. That's about one cow. Yeah. So I technically, we're kind of extrapolating here, I guess, but I technically go through one animal a year. So um, what, 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 di what dietary recommends, uh, recommendations do you typically give to, to your athletes at your training that are, that, are, that, are, that are dealing with a serious injury? They need to reduce their inflammation. They need to get past this thing. 
Uh, big, biggest thing I tell people is at least for the duration of the injury, at least for the duration that we are working together, let's just make a few simple changes. One, start logging in your food. And I want you to be getting in somewhere in the vicinity of 150 grams of protein a day. And that's largely like just that. to kick off. That's largely just to kick off muscle protein synthesis and make sure that you're getting into that metabolic state of you are actively breaking down and building up amino acids. Right. And that number I'm sure is going to be subject to per, from person to person, but oh, yeah. I think, that, but, but I, th I think that's a very safe low muscle for someone that is like, you're not a bodybuilder. You're not trying to pack on a lot of muscle. 150 mm -hmm. grams of protein isn't going to be too much to spike your insulin or anything. And so that should be, uh, yeah, that's how, that sounds like a fair, a fair, a fair round number to start people off at. Yeah. Cause so many people I'll, I'll kind of analyze approximately the numbers here are always approximate so nothing's ever set in stone with this stuff right mm -hmm. but about 30 grams worth of protein from beef contains enough leucine to kick off protein synthesis because you have to spike that in your blood it doesn't happen if you gradually increase it kind of like starting up your car you can't just gradually turn your key you have to spike it up right right that's so that's, that's why like kind of this. that's like whenever i eat a keto brick it's just the entire brick because I, because it's 31 grams of protein. Mm. And then, and then I got, and then I got 90 grams of fat. I don't have to think about my macros the rest of the day. Like I don't have to weigh anything out, nothing. I know exactly where I'm at. And so I, I'm, sure yeah, that's yeah. Why, I'm, I'm sure that's why Robert Sykes uses 30 as, as a good number, especially if you're on a ketogenic diet, then hit that, hit that 30 and then just try to fill in your fats from there is usually what I recommend depending on what their goals are. But sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> mean to take yeah, and then on top of that, I just tell people to cut out sugar as much as they possibly can. Uh, sure. Typically, I'll, I'll go. One, I, th I find one of the most useful strategies is tell people, "Look, you habitually, just because you grew up doing this, what you did with your family all the time, is mm -hmm. after you have your evening meal, you have like a a dessert, you have a big bowl of ice cream or whatever it is. Just simply stop doing that. Yep. Say no, thank you. I'm not going to have that today. That's it. So end your food with whatever you have with your evening meal. Yeah. Um, and that's just, and that's going to knock out a massive block of sugar. For sure, and and if and if you're and if you're nervous about making that, if you're like, oh man, like I, I don't want to give up my sweets, um, just just to get you just to get yourself in the right direction, like, I, I, and here if there's any like other serious health coaches that are listening, like I might get some crap crap for this, but I I would say just have a diet have a diet soda or have or have something to just help you make that for that first break, like still that's going to be a step in the right direction, and then get rid of the sure. diet soda like the next week or something, or even like a hot tea. Like if you, if you, if you, if you, if you have a, if you have a sweet tooth after your meal or something, just having a hot tea, like that'll usually kill mm. it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, I never have, I, I have a sweet tooth and always have, mm -hmm. but during the day, it never seems to really be active. It's always in the evening. No idea why I find that weird, but yeah, I'm the, I'm, the same, make... I'm the same way. And I think it's because I'm, an, I, I, I think it's just athletes. I, I've noticed that. Like I, I got, I got some people, I got some people where it's like, I have a high appetite. I'm like, yeah, you're a bodybuilder and you do a lot of running. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. Like, your appetite's always going to be high. You know, like, yeah. you, you got to learn to live with it like I do. <laughs> yeah, I'll just have people prioritize. Easy, easiest way to get it yeah. under control. I'll just have people prioritize getting enough protein because what I find, especially with my CrossFit athletes, so many times the exact same thing happens. Yeah. Ideally, I want, if people are going to be eating multiple meals a day, you should be getting in like 30 to 50 grams of protein per mm -hmm. meal. And I find most of my athletes down at my gym, they're getting about 30 to 50 grams of protein every day or two. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like they're so, um, like eating so much bread, eating so much pasta, uh, eating so many vegetables. I, I never count protein from vegetables. 
I don't no, care what vegetables you're eating. The protein doesn't. No, it's, 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 it's not have... complete protein. Thirty grams, thirty grams of pea protein is not the same as, as thirty grams of beef. And even if you're getting a good mix, like if you mix together like fava bean protein, rice protein, pea protein, uh, hemp protein, uh, and I think soy protein is technically complete. But if you mix all those together, you should get all the essential amino acids. But even doing a lot that, of gas so too. <laughs> yeah, because there's so much fiber in it, you're not going to be digesting all of it. It's, it's, it's just, it, you're just asking your body to do too much. That's why the carnivore diet and why the lion diet works so well is it's mm. like, if you're going through an injury, if you're going through other life stresses, like how do you, how do you, how do you cope with that kind of stuff? How about reducing the amount of stress that you're demanding that your digestive system do? If you're, yeah. if you're, if you're throwing 15 different ingredients in it, by the end of the day, most food labels have 15 ingredients in just that one thing. But if you can just eliminate all your processed foods and by the end of the day, if you've only had three or four ingredients and they're, and, and it's, beef which is animal to adipose tissue from a ruminant animal that already that has all the enzymes that that were needed to break down all that grass in the first place and change it all the nutrients that are actually bioavailable that we can eat as, mm -hmm. as carnivores and as human beings then there you go i call it outsourcing my <laughs> out, outsourcing my plant consumption <laughs> yeah we, we don't have to do it but yeah that's um right that's something that i think a lot of people don't really get and i think this is a common myth with eating a lot of meat is that it's really hard on your stomach. You ever hear people say that? No, yeah. Some people will say, I don't want <laughs> to eat And it's not, it's the plants. Eat as much meat as you want. Just go and eat plants. Yeah, exactly. how your like, stomach feels. It'll feel great, I promise you. <laughs> we're biologically developed to be carnivorous, to eat primarily meat. Yes. Uh, like, yeah, anyways, there's, there's a lot of made up ideas out there, aren't there? Absolutely. Not really based in anything. Um, but yeah, when it comes... Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that um, protein of everything is what you uh, find it challenging to make sure that everybody that everybody's that everybody's eating, because my my problem is the opposite. Most most people that come to me are over consuming protein and we need to figure out how to have less protein and how to and how to increase their fats. I've never met anyone in person who's over consuming protein by any measure. Wow. You need to you need, you need to come like, over here and hang out. No, <laughs> So, so that, that that just that just must be a difference in in our cultures, then really. Maybe, I mean, yeah. like I am American, but the Brits here they love the 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 plates here are often like a meat and two veg. That's oh, okay. like bog standard, and so it'll be like a third of some kind of meat, and usually not that much of it, and then primarily vegetables, a lot of potato. Brits love potatoes so much. Mashed potato. Uh, I mean, I fries. like potatoes, dude. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> potatoes are good. <laughs> I, I think. Uh, yeah, I was. I was talking. So with, much. I was talking with Dr. Kiltz uh, a few a few days mm -hmm. ago, and that's 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 like his one thing. That and then ice cream from time to time. But yeah. but yeah, fr but French fries of all things with mayonnaise on them. I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Otherwise, it's beef, but it's it's just beef and butter. <laughs> yeah. Beef, butter, bacon, I'm, eggs. I I remember the first time I had mayonnaise with French fries. It was like a couple years ago, I think. <laughs> It's so it actually good. surprisingly good. <laughs> yeah, it's so, anyway. much better, so much better than ketchup. Uh, I, I still love me some ketchup. I never eat it, but I do enjoy it. Yeah. That's a cool thing to be able to say. I love eating it, but I don't have it. When it comes to rehabbing Sorry, injuries, it's definitely important to be getting people to have enough protein, have enough fat to actually rebuild those tissues. Yeah. Give yourself the cholesterol because it's needed to actually, you know, make your cells. Yep. Yep. Yeah, without without cholesterol, you die, and yeah. uh, and it, it doesn't have that correlation with heart disease that we used to think it did.
So no, it doesn't at all. <laughs> so here we are. Awesome. Well, I know that you got a hard stop coming up soon, so I'm not going to take any more of your time. I appreciate all of your expertise. Thank you for that. Uh, I definitely learned learned a lot, and it's going to, and I'm sure it's going to help help me with um with my with my injuries and uh and, and with and with helping just make make sure that we keep every, keep everybody else safer. So I appreciate this a lot, brother. Uh, I was looking forward to this conversation for a while. Um, what's the what's the hottest project that you are working on right now? Um, I'm working on shifting over to primarily online business. So being more of an online coach rather than just in person. Oh, and there's, there's my timer for your hard stop. My bad. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I am technically good for about 10 more minutes. Okay. Um, but yeah, working on shifting to online rehab work so people can find me online, be like, Hey, I have these injuries. It's like, Hey, we can either work with a consultation or go through like a PT program meant to rehab your injuries and get you back to doing the exercise that you love to do that you can't do anymore. That's right. the biggest thing I'm working on. And, and is that all on your, like, like on your Instagram profile and your bio, or is there a website you want to shoot me? So that people uh, yeah, Instagram and Facebook you? is pretty much where I'm active. Okay. Super I do sure. have a website, but it's under a lot of construction. Not worried about that right now. Yep. Great. Well, I will put that in the link below. Everybody listening, go follow Ethan Hammond. Ask him, ask him some questions and ask, ask him about his consultations and ask him about his services. He's an awesome guy. Yeah, uh, seriously, if anyone who listens to this, if you have any questions whatsoever about chronic pain, injuries, feeling just really stiff, like you can't work out, if there's any inhibitions, like physical inhibitions to you working out, just shoot me a message. Like, no, no strings attached. Let's just have a conversation and see what's going on. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for this one. If you found it helpful, please pay it forward by sharing with a friend. One more thing before we sign off. If you're not subscribed to our other podcast, our nutrition podcast, it's called Carnivore Coach's Corner, and you're really messing out. Uh, Coach Mark and I collaborate weekly, diving deep into meat-based nutrition and advanced hypertrophy training featuring top coaches and nutritionists from across the globe. If you are a fan of the low-carb lifestyle or just getting into it, just search Carnivore Coach's Corner on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Overcast, uh, Google Podcasts. And if your podcatcher isn't on that list, tell us where you listen and we'll make sure we get Carnivore Coaches Corner wherever you are listening. In case you can't tell, obviously I don't listen on Overcast. (laughs) Personally, I use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, Google Podcasts. Those are just my personal favorite platforms. Thanks again one more time, everybody. We'll catch you on Monday on episode 210 where we will get you pumped up for the following week, as always. Going to leave you with our battle cry at supersetyourlife.com. I feel like we can never say this enough times. It is 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were purchased at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Catch you Monday, guys.